Vox Quick Hits. You probably know that there's a huge housing boom right now. But what you might not know is what it means for the rental market. The pandemic has sent people fleeing cities and into the suburbs to compete for an already scarce supply of housing, which is causing a big surge in housing prices. Now to the red-hot housing market and a difficult situation for so many Americans trying to buy a house right now. The pandemic and stay-at-home orders in the past year put a premium on the comforts of home and caused many to really reassess where they live and how much space they need. But that's led to a housing crunch as demand far exceeds the housing supply with bidding wars and even all-cash offers for available homes. Many people have had luck and have been able to afford a house anyway. But those who can't are instead renting, including people who in normal times might have been buyers. This is even more complicated because it's not just individuals that are buying homes. Companies and investors are out competing would-be home buyers, scooping up houses and then renting them out. Ronnie Mola, a senior data reporter at Recode, is here to discuss whether the COVID housing frenzy has turned America into a nation of renters. So just to set the stage a little bit, what's going on in the housing market right now? It's kind of nuts, right? Yeah, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on. Top of mind is you have the pandemic and everyone was living and working and teaching from home and wanted some more space. So, you know, all of a sudden where you live became a lot more important when you're spending 24 hours a day there. So you have people jumping to the housing market, either from their apartments or from houses that they already had that they're like, you know what, this could be better. I need a better house. Um, You also have millennials, which are the largest living cohort, uh, aging and, you know, deciding to buy a house for the first time. It happened a lot later for millennials for various reasons. Mostly we don't have any money. Uh, There's also uh, historically low mortgage rates. It's so cheap. It's like, why not get a house? Uh, More good news. Uh, interest rates are low, so capital is cheap. If you want to get financing, uh, it doesn't cost as much. So there is a lot of interest in buying, and that's driving up prices. Fortunately, it's not like they're just giving mortgages to anyone, which was sort of what was happening in the, the last financial crisis. It's, it seems like people have pretty good credit. They have a good amount of money for down payments. So it's definitely not the same scenario as last time. Um, and, and probably most importantly is that the supply is really limited. You know, following the Great Recession, the the construction industry was just devastated. They never started building as many houses as they used to. And a lot of people during the pandemic were holding on to their houses. They're like, I don't want people to come in and, you know, give me coronavirus. (laughs) Like, I'm not showing my house. So there's just really high demand and really limited supply, which, you know, has been making the the housing prices just skyrocket. Yeah, I've been digging into the lumber industry a little bit recently. And it's like that too. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like lumber prices are super high, but it's also, you know, because people are trying to build more homes, but there's not capacity even to like get the lumber out the door. And when it does go out the door, it's tens of thousands of dollars more. Right. I'm currently trying to build a deck and I'm just like, oh, you know, or I could send my kid to college. Either one. (laughs) So obviously we've heard a ton about home buying, but not so much about renting. So what does this housing boom mean for renters or I guess maybe people who can't afford to buy a house? The same things that are driving people to want to buy a house are also driving people to want to rent a house. 
And the the single family rental market, which is just, you know, the idea that I rent a house as opposed to an apartment, has also been booming as well. People who've been sort of priced out of this market or just can't find a house because, you know, they they houses are on the market for a few days before they're being snatched up are saying, well, you know, I still want to live in a house. I still want a backyard and some more space and, you know, not to be, you know, working next to my toddler. Um, so they're deciding to rent houses instead. So that's becoming a really big business and it's really attractive to a lot of investors. Yeah. So let's dig into that a little bit because it's not just mom and pop shops or, or regular people that are renting out their houses. It's also big companies, right, who are scooping up properties to rent them out. Right. And and this also started like during the, the last recession. You know, you had all of these homes, like millions of homes were foreclosed. So investors kind of were like, hey, wait, if I could get a house for like 50% off, maybe I'll buy a bunch of them, rent them out, uh, et cetera. So you have the the start of this like really big business, single family rentals. As you mentioned, you know, it's traditionally a mom and pop thing. Like uh, I have a little extra money, I'm going to buy a house, I'm going to be the landlord and, and rent it out to people and it's going to provide me extra income. And that's still the vast majority of, of these rentals. But more and more, you have big investors coming in. So investors are responsible for about 20% of the, the new home buying activity in the market. So in this sort of like ironic twist, companies that rent houses for a living are making it harder for people to buy houses because they're helping contribute to the, the rise in prices. They're basically competing the buyers out and maybe turning those would-be buyers into renters. Right. And you know, when a real estate investment firm comes in. And it's like, hey, I'm going to buy the whole lot of your new houses. That's a lot more attractive to developers than trying to sell them individually. It's a lot less risky because, you know, these companies have a lot of money. They can pay in cash a lot of the time. So it's, yeah, they're definitely competing with individual home buyers. I guess my question is, like, is it necessarily bad that companies are buying up houses to rent out? Like, what are kind of the advantages and disadvantages here versus, you know, a mom and pop type situation? Right. It's certainly not all bad. I don't think just because, you know, you have a lot of pension funds and private equity coming into the rental market, that means it's a terrible situation. Like, you know, that also means that when your plumbing breaks down, you have a 24 hour hotline to call and, you know, someone fixes it and, you're, you're, you know, your landlord's not on vacation. There's a little bit more accountability. But at the same time, that real estate firm is going to know that, you know, rent is supposed to go up 4% this year and they're going to raise rents. Whereas like, with a mom and pop operation, you might have them be like, oh, you know, this is a good tenant. We're just going to keep the price the same. It's it's much better than that turnover that we can't really handle. So there's pluses and there's minuses to it. What about for people who are renting? Are they, if I want to buy a house, let's say, and I can't, I wind up renting, is that ultimately bad for me? Does that put me at a disadvantage? I mean, in the, in the short term, you get a lot of the amenities that you wanted, right? You get a backyard, you get more space, you get a place to park your car, but, and, and, and it's cheaper also. The, the price of renting um, is cheaper per month. I was looking at a Harvard study um, that said, you know, the, the amount of money you're putting out each month is a lot less. So, you know, it's, it's cheaper for you, but you don't get the equity. You don't get to sell it when you're done. And, you know, we know that owning a home and selling a home or being able to rent that home is like responsible for a lot of, you know, intergenerational wealth. So you, you kind of lose out on, on the equity. Mm -hmm. 
So what does all this ultimately kind of mean in the end? If somebody's thinking about buying or renting, how should they be thinking about kind of the future of the housing market? Well, prices are going to keep going up. Um, traditionally, with, with the notable exception of the, the last Great Recession, which you know had a housing bubble at the center of it, home prices go up and up and up. And, you know, traditionally they go up kind of in lockstep with income, you know, a couple of percentage points, three to five, maybe per year. But I guess what people have to think about is in these past two years, you know, since 2019, the housing prices on single family homes have gone up 20 percentage points. So you have this big jump and then it's not expected to go down. You know, it's like, if you don't get in now, it might be impossible to get in ever. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of people, it's already hard to get in in the first place. Right. And for so many people, it's hard to get in, especially for minorities, for people who aren't making that much. It's creating a big divide in America between those who have homes and who don't. But keep in mind, the homeownership rate is still pretty high. It's like 66% about something like that. And, you know, that's historically pretty high. The fear is that because prices keep soaring, that that rate will tick lower and will become a nation of renters. Well, thanks for coming on and explaining this. Thanks for having me. Ronnie Mola is a senior data reporter at Recode, and you can find her on Twitter at Ronnie Mola. I'm Emily Stewart, and this is Tell Me More. Our producer is Sophie Lalonde. You can find more stories from Vox in the Vox Quick Hits feed wherever you get your podcasts. Let us know what you want to learn more about. Email us at tellmemore at voxmedia.com.